This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green is live in the Ingalls studio. It is a Friday and we got lots to talk about as we've... Six months? Six months this has been going on and nobody knew about it? If you ever want to keep a secret in this life, you should trust Greg Sankey and everybody in control of the SEC. (laughs) And apparently Texas and Oklahoma. I didn't know you could keep a secret that big these days, but apparently you can. We'll get into all of it here over the next two hours on ESPN. Asheville, first hour of the program, always brought to you by Ingles. Low prices, love the savings. Six months seems like a really, really, really long time, Jeremy, to keep something like this under wraps. Texas and Oklahoma want to jump ship from the Big 12. And the report today that they've been talking to the SEC about it for half of a year. And nobody knew. I still maintain this is not going to happen. You can stand on that ledge all you want to. But every report says you're wrong. Every every person who knows more about the situation than you do says this is going to happen. Well, I'm not just saying it, throwing things against the wall and saying what sticks. I'll also tell you that when the source that's coming from this is the Austin Journal Constitution of whatever that newspaper is, yeah, that tends to make me go, are they really though? Because the Big Twelve just came out and said nothing's imminent. Mm-hmm. Of course they do. And I, I mean, the Big Twelve in this scenario is like the NCAA with with name, image, and likeness. They got blindsided by this thing, and they just, nothing's going to happen. It's all going to be good. Not quite, because they do have power in this. Because here's the thing. We got here one time before, and people seem to be forgetting that. Mm -hmm. With the Mm Pac-12. When was that? 2011? Yeah, okay. Texas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma were all headed to the Pac-12. And then, at the 11th hour, the phone rings. And guess who it was? All of the money boosters going, if you leave Texas Tech, we're going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. And they had no desire to have Texas Tech. And I'll be honest with you, I could see a path where that happens again. Because a line that I love to use on this show, when you hear hoofbeats, it makes a lot more sense to assume horses than zebras. You're going to have to explain to me how Texas and Oklahoma are willing to give up $80 $80 million a piece. Mm-hmm. That's what it, that's the exit fee. Mm-hmm. Plus, you can't do this for four years. So, it, it, you talk about the ugliest divorce ever. I want you to just picture how, if you've ever gone through a divorce, think about how uncomfortable it would be to live in the same house with them for four years. <laughs> I don't quite think that's going to happen. Yeah. I and I, I mean, I've it heard does that happen. They th- the SEC, because you think it's, it's put your fingers in your ears from the Big 12. Yeah. I think the same thing about the SEC. I understand why you want Texas and Oklahoma. I, I slightly understand why they want you. What I don't understand is how you're going to just do this in the face of everything the SEC's done for 30 years. You've kept out Clemson, Florida State, Georgia Tech, and Louisville from the SEC for 30 years mm-hmm. solely because Kentucky, 
uh, Georgia, South Carolina, and, and was it Florida? Yeah. Yeah. Want those teams out. And you're telling me that the school that makes the most money in your conference doesn't want this, and you're just going to go, deal with it. Pretty much. Okay. You're the new kid on the block. Deal with it. Okay. I'll believe that when I see it. <laughs> the report that came out today uh, from that uh, the the Austin Journal Constitutional or whatever. I like how you repeated what I said in spite of the fact that I don't think I got one word of that right. You probably did not. <laughs> it was what? It, what is the name of the, the, Austin, the Austin American Handler. Statesman? Statesman. Yeah, I thought it was the Austin Panhandler it's or something the, like that. It's it's the Austin American Statesman paper. Kirk Bowles reporting that the vote by the SEC members, is expected to take place within the next week and that the expected outcome is 13 to 1. And, and, that's, and, and to me, that's as laughable as, it, it, as the Big 12's response is to you. Mm-hmm. If you think all of these schools are going to vote with this, they're getting something. Because Texas A&M has vehemently said, we're not voting with it. I think they're all, I mean, they're all in line to get something from it, right? Not really. I mean, Missouri left the Big 12 to get away from Texas. But if you bring in two more historic programs like this, there's only more money to be made, right? It's going to, depends on who you're looking at. It'll lift your revenue of the entire conference, thereby everybody shares in the wealth. Does it raise the coffers? Yes. Mm-hmm. But Texas will not be allowed to keep the Longhorn Network, which is probably 40% of the money they make. I also got news for you. If you think Texas is going to leave Texas Tech and Baylor and all these teams hanging out to dry and their boosters are not going to have a problem with that, you're wrong. Because they already tried this once, mm-hmm. and the boosters put a stop to so it. So it was the Texas boosters that said you can't leave Texas Tech behind? Well, you got to understand, a lot of the boosters for Texas, they went to Texas. Mm-hmm. But they have... A financial stake in things being right in Texas. Well, if Texas leaves to go to the SEC, you've just hung Texas Tech, Baylor, uh, TCU. All of them are just sitting on a drying line waiting. And I got news for you. It's not going to happen. Oklahoma, they might make it. Because Oklahoma does not have that. state of Texas is a little different. I still maintain I find it far more likely that there is going to be some 11th hour, we come together and figure out what it is that you want to go away. It's kind of like when you, it's kind of like people that talk about leaving their wives. Like you get, we've all had that friend that's like, if I was single, it would just, it'd be a party every night. No, (laughs) it wouldn't. It would be a lot of ready, set, cook. Calm down. (laughs) And that's kind of how I feel about Texas (laughs) is they think we'll go to the SEC and we'll make more money. Yeah. Um, you do understand you have your own television deal, right? Which nobody has that. Mm-hmm. Your conference doesn't have that. Here's where I think this might, this might be the agreement that they come to. The Big 12 and its membership schools come together and they say, you know what? We're going to reunite Houston because you got money from Tr- Tillman Fratita. That's the, the booster at Houston that we'd never talk about. Mm-hmm. Well, he owns the Houston Rockets. Right. Guy's got a bunch of money. SMU in Dallas, a bunch of money. And they might just say, you know what, let's all come together. We'll create a Big 12 network. We'll try to put a fence around Texas. Texas A&M is the one that left us. So Texas A&M, you're in the SEC. You fend among yourselves. Right. And they're doing quite nicely. And they come together. They start their own network. Texas is allowed to keep their network. None of this makes any sense. 
That's the part of this that everybody just hears the report and goes, well, of course they want to be in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not an of course they want to be in the SEC thing. There are a lot of, it would be one thing if the grant of rights deal that Oklahoma and Texas had ran out in 18 months. Mm-hmm. That would be one thing. It runs out in 49 months. That is a long time to have to deal with. I mean, you got full home and homes with every team in your conference two times mm-hmm. that you're going to have to go with them knowing full well that I'm not going to say you killed the program, but you're going to take them from being lofty heights. I win this conference. I'm going to be in a, in a, in a college football playoff game. To, you're no better than the Pac-12. You may not be any better than the Mountain West, and you think they're going to be okay with that? I don't buy it. The timing of it doesn't make any sense. The money of it doesn't make any sense, and that's this is like when when homicides happen. Follow the money, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm looking at here. You follow the money, it doesn't make any sense because you've got too much money on the side of the people that are going to be left behind. It's one thing for why Oklahoma would want to go. I get that. Texas makes zero sense because if for nothing else, at some point, they had to look around and go, you realize we would be, at best, the seventh best program in this conference, right? You would think that would be uh, you know, a, a big sticking point for them. Is it's already we... virtually right. impossible for them to get coaches. I mean, you realize that, right? Mm-hmm. They had to overpay Chris Beard to get him to take the job from Shaka Smart, who they had to overpay to get him to take the job. Yeah, And he left to go to Marquette because the pressure here is ridiculous. You can't win a conference that's... I'm not going to say it's grossly worse than the SEC. It isn't football. It's not even close in football. Mm-hmm. And I would be honest with you, I think it's closer in basketball than people think. I think the SEC is closer to the Big 12 in basketball than people think it is. And at some point, you have to look at it and, and think about yourself and go, oh, there, there's 48 negatives to this. There's one positive. And no, I don't think the money would be markedly better for Texas. It is hard to see a path where the mm-hmm. money would be better without your own TV network and without all of that. But I don't know. I, I I just feel like this is a this is a move that they've been talking about for the last six months, and I don't know what their beef is with the Big. This 12. is buying a. Boat. I can't tell you. I can't tell you what their beef is with the Big Twelve, but it's obvious that they want out. They want some, you know, some what new ground. To work from. This is buying a boat. Okay. Because I think this conversation's been had. I think they've probably had conversations for six months about this. Mm-hmm. This is buying a boat. This sounded good when they brought it up. And they thought, oh, you know, we'll kick the tires on this and see where it goes. And then the SEC said, well, we can do all of these things. It's like buying a boat. The best two days of a boat owner's life are the day he buys it and the day he sells it. <laughs> That's what this is. Because this sounds wonderful until mm-hmm. you really dig into it and go, none of this makes a lick of sense. I think it makes sense for them to want to be in a in a better conference. With you can't win the conference you're in. I don't disagree with you. I mean, for Oklahoma, it makes more sense. I agree with you there. Texas, on the other hand, yeah, they'll come in and they'll slot in as say Oklahoma comes in. I got. Alabama, Texas A&M, Florida, Georgia, LSU, then Oklahoma. And you're right, Texas comes in as the seventh best team. Yeah. That and and I will say that winning has never really translated directly to dollars. That's a myth. 
The winning does not tr- directly transfer to that. The problem is that you're going to alienate, a, I, I'm not going to say it's a huge number, but you're going to alienate part of your boosters for doing this. Mm-hmm. We've already done this once. We had the Southwest Conference, and, and you split it apart. And there were problems, and even when they tried to leave for the Pac-12. Do you remember how that all broke down? No. Ken Starr. You remember Ken Starr? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's done. That he, dude. He did a lot of things in his life. He basically came, came up and said, we will sue Texas if they leave. He was the eight, the president of Baylor, I think, at the time. And he said, if they leave, we're going to sue them. And I won't be shocked if that happens again. There's a, the, the Big 12 stance in this should tell you everything you need to know. Because you don't want to look like an idiot where you go, nothing's imminent, nothing to see here. And 14 minutes later, it comes out, yeah, we're going to the SEC. Mm-hmm. Because that makes you look like a moron. So the so, so all of the entities of the Big 12 are saying nothing's imminent. That's because they think they have something in their back pocket. And what I think it is is what I told you yesterday. You soothe all of these problems. You get to keep your network. Oklahoma, we're going to start a Big 12 network. Mm-hmm. That in this footprint, we're going to put a fence around the the this part of the country, the, f- the flyover state country, Texas, Oklahoma, Nebraska, all those things. This is ours. We'll have our own network like the SEC does. Can we compete with the money they have? Well, no, but we're bringing in big money SMU. We're bringing in big money uh, Houston, and that will raise the profits. Mm-hmm. We have our own network. That will raise the profits, and you're going to be closer in money to you than you are in the SEC, and at the end of the day, you're still going to be the best program in this conference. Texas, you get to keep your television money. You're going to make more doing that than you could ever imagine making in the SEC, and you're not going to be 6-6 six and six every year firing coaches every third year right. because you're doing that in a far inferior conference right now. Yes. I'll be honest with you. I think this would be a huge loss for Texas. Well, in the end, it all comes down to, though, do you think that this was a power play by these two schools to get more from the Big 12? Bingo. Okay. That's exactly what I think this is. That's exactly what I think this is because it makes no sense that the Big 12 is the only major conference that doesn't have its own network. And I think Texas looked at it and went, I, I'm, and now granted, this is going to be a little conspiracy tinfoil hat on my head kind of guy. <laughs> okay. I think at the end of the day, the Board of Regents at Texas reached out to the administration at Oklahoma and went, hey, we can help each other out here. I don't think they have any intention of making this happen. Hmm. Because it doesn't make any sense. It makes way more sense for you to stay where you are. Because there's a negative to both. Be really honest with yourself. Okay, Oklahoma makes a little bit more money. Do you not think they're going to lose out on a lot of playoff money having to play through an SEC schedule? Think about an SEC schedule playing against Oklahoma. They don't play defense. Ever. Right. So you really think you're going to shoot through that conference the way you have the Big 12? I don't buy it. And and I understand that wins don't translate to money. I get that. But they kind of do. Yeah. Because if you're not the team that's getting into these playoffs and things like that, that's going to hurt your bottom line one way or the other. There's no way you can slice it that it doesn't. They're going to they're gonna have to re- reorganize the SEC if this does happen, though. Absolutely. Good- <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, just, it's four or four team divisions right, if you did it. Right. Could you, could you imagine trying to squeeze Oklahoma and Texas into the West where you already have – Alabama, Texas, A&M, Auburn, LSU, it's already a it's already a, a gauntlet to try to run through the SEC West. I can't imagine adding two major more programs to the West. 
I don't know what to make of it. I I think I I'm trusting that everybody else knows more than I do. I mean, when it comes to SEC football, I don't I, I don't go against Paul Feinbaum. And when Paul Paul Feinbaum is one of the guys out there saying this is going to happen, you have to give credence to it, in my opinion. I'm not saying there's not credence to it. And I'm not saying that they're not saying that's what they want. Mm -hmm. I'm also saying it should tell you everything you need to know that the Big 12 said, we're going to figure out what their problem is, and we would really like to have a meeting. Because you have the, it's two choices here. You can be the two big fish in a pretty big size pond. Mm hmm. Or you can just be two other teams in the biggest pond in, in, in all of the college football world. And see, here's another. There's another part. There's another layer to this. Okay. That I have yet to hear anybody say. I have not across every platform, every media, every everything. There is one layer to this that I have yet to hear somebody cover. I'll tell you what that is after the break. It's the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. Oh, it's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green, and you can see us this evening out at Silverado's in Black Mountain. Tonight is the night concert that I've been waiting for all concert series long. The 2021 Outdoor Concert Series featuring the Summerland Tour. Everclear, Living Color, Hoobastank, and Wheatus. I'm really excited for Hoobastank and, and and Everclear. Yeah, Living Color is the that's the the highlight for me. <laughs> Don't worry, we're going to get to it. We'll be playing all Summerland tour music over the next two hours. Coming back from every break, get your tickets for tonight's big rock concert out at Silverados at SilveradosWNC.com. We're talking about Texas and Oklahoma, they are apparently right on the verge of. At least agreeing to skip to the SEC from the Big 12. Apparently, these discussions have been going on for six months. Nobody said a word about it until some, what, Texas A&M reporter floated out there that they had, that, mm-hmm. that Texas and Oklahoma had been looking to get out. And now everybody's jumping on it. And what we're finding out is that these conversations have been going on for half of a year. And I'm not saying that they haven't happened. Not in any way saying that. I'm saying there's way more roadblocks to this than you think. Oh, no doubt. It's going to be a sticky situation. And according to reports, Oklahoma and Texas, look, they are tied to the Big 12 as far as their media rights are concerned. The Big 12 still has the hooks in them for those TV rights till 2025. And some are saying that Oklahoma and Texas are well prepared to stick with the Big 12 until 2025. And that's the part that I don't think people are really thinking about. Because there's a there's a little piece of this that I've yet to hear anybody say. Mm-hmm. And it would have been the first thing that came up for me. You have no idea what the landscape's going to look like four years from now. No doubt. None. I think that's what part of this move is all about. And, okay. And I get that. Here's where this could become a, a bit of a... There could be a little stick in the mud of this. A sticky wicket. That's what I was going to say. Uh-huh. God, we spend way too much time <laughs> together. Because that's exactly what I was getting ready to say. What if the big business in the state of Texas says, okay, you leave and go to the SEC. We're not going to sponsor anything in your program. Yeah, I don't. I don't it, you, and you, you give don't, that the, the air of derision. Yeah. There's a school that's going to be really annoyed by this. That's not that far away, and they're not that sm- much smaller of a program, and it's Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. 
And you've got power brokers like Tillman Fratita and all of the people in Dallas that want to get SMU into the Big 12. There are a lot of things that could work against Texas here, way more than people are giving credence to. Where they just say, no. All right, you want to do that? Cool. Uh, Axe communicated. Yeah. You go have fun with your friends over there in the southeast and the state (laughs) of Texas will bind together. I'm telling you, Texas is a different place. Yeah. I know it reasonably well. Spent it very more well time could, but really it's, it's hard for me to imagine that the state school of Texas is going to be cut out from big business. I'm not saying they're going to be state. cut out. I'm saying that the power brokers could come together. And the reason I'm saying this, because we already did it once. Mm-hmm. This already happened once. Now, that was going to the Pac-12, which I always said would have been a step back anyway. This is a step up. Whether or not how the money works there, I don't know. See, that's part of this whole thing, though, is that you don't know where the NCAA is going at this point. But what we do know, and we talked about this some yesterday, with Mark Emmert saying the decentralization and the and the conferences are going to take it over and whatever. Okay, well, this is the forward thinking. This is we've got to be ahead of the curve. We've got to be in on the biggest game in town. What's the biggest game in town? It's the SEC. If we want to be relevant, once the poo hits the fan with the NCAA, then we need to we need to be the first ones to jump, and this will start the cavalcade of madness, of just people you know schools jumping conference to conference. It's all going to shift out, and you want to have the best product available when that time comes. Well, the SEC is the best game in town, and Texas and Oklahoma, there's a chance that they could get you know left out. I mean, they're still going to be Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, Texas hasn't been great in a long time, but they're still Texas. They're still one of the biggest brands in college football. And I can see where Texas looks at it and goes, why do we want to be in a second-rate conference? We need to be in the conference that gets the prime time, that gets the limelight. We need to put the biggest brand with the biggest conference. I get that they're not, you know, they're not going to come in and be immediately competitive, but you never know. I mean, with all this money that's going around with the name, image, and likeness, maybe Texas can compete more in the rec- on the recruiting trail if they're in the SEC. If they're tied, they, and already, they know that they already do well on that. That's the part of this that doesn't make sense. It's not a recruiting problem. You don't have that problem. They've recruited fine for the last bajillion years. The problem is, is that there's too much pressure in Texas as it sits. So now you're going to go to the SEC where you're getting drugged down the sidewalk and you think that's going to get better. Mm-hmm. By the way, just out of total curiosity, how much different do you think the money is, TV-wise, between the SEC and the Big 12? I'll use, we're in 2021, let's go with that. We'll use this year. How different do you think the money is? Between the SEC and the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I don't know. $20 million, $30 million. ESPN and ABC have the rights on, on the SEC and the Big 12. Fox has the Big 12. CBS has the SEC. The SEC's combined deal for this year is $250 million. Okay. The Big 12s, it's $127 million from ESPN, and it's $96 million from Fox. So you're talking about it's about thirty million dollars. Thirty million dollars. Thirty million dollars difference. Yeah. That's split amongst all of these teams. Mm-hmm. It's not about the money. I can't tell you what it is. I have no idea. It's not about the money. 
Because do you know how long it would, I mean, I, I don't know how good you are at basic math, but if that's split amongst all the teams, it takes a long time for $2 million to add up to $78 million. <laughs> Right. So it's not the TV deal. And that's what the Big 12 not even having its own network. Mm-hmm. Now, the SEC, the SEC network's the part that we don't really know where all the money comes in. That's just from the broadcast TV rights. Right. The point I'm trying to make here is if the Big 12 came to them and said, you know what, you can keep all of the power you have. We'll, we'll acquiesce whatever it is that you don't. What Texas could be upset about, I have no idea. You have run four teams out of this conference in a, in a decade because of the influence that you have. Mm-hmm. How you could possibly want to give that up, I have no idea. But whatever the issues are, we'll solve them. We'll bring in a couple of big, big money, big market schools, and we'll start our own network. And I think that's how this ends up coming to fruition. Okay. The Sports Tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. All right, we got baseball news today. Ugh. What? You're you're not all about you're not all about uh revamping Major League Baseball and making it more technological? Uh, you thought I was no. talking about something else, didn't you? I'm, I, it, it, it started with baseball, <laughs> which has got my is what got my ugh. Uh, Major League Baseball, they're they're once again testing a new innovation. They're going to try this out uh, down in the California League, like they have been doing with uh, many of the changes. The things like uh, you know widening the bases and moving the pitcher's mound back another six inches, and uh, time uh, pitch clocks, and uh, the the home run derby thing to decide uh, tie ball games in extra innings. All that stuff they've been playing with in the minor league systems all this year. Now they're coming up with a new one, and get this. This is now going to be a way where pitchers and catchers can communicate with each other without using hand signals. (gasps) No. Seriously? I don't care. (laughs) They came up. uh, This is the Pitchcom. And there's going to be like a little... Uh, communicator on the wrist of the catcher. He's got little buttons that he can choose from, and it can it can it can pick out which pitch, and then it's going to send and trigger an audio recording in the hat of the pitcher to tell him what pitch to pitch. So what you're telling me is that catchers moving forward are going to be playing MLB 21, the show, <laughs> hit X for fastball, circle for two seam fastball. Triangle for curveball and square for slider. Pretty much. It's a numeric pad and it's it's got nine buttons, nine numbers, and then there's a cancel button, and there's also a up and a down button. I guess that's where they want it in the zone. So you can hit number two, up, enter. Great. So baseball, (laughs) their idea. To come more into the technological age mm-hmm. is to find is to give somebody a screen that they can put their face in and not look up. Good job, baseball. <laughs> That's not something we already had a problem with at all. <laughs> Speaking of problems, Aaron Rodgers has created another new problem for the Green Bay Packers. Wait, what? Devontae Adams does not want to resign with them. Wait, how's that Aaron Rodgers' fault? Would you want to resign? And we, after watching Jordan Love just airmail everything he throws, you think Devontae Adams is going, yeah, that'll be good for my career. 
That would be tremendous for me. The Green Bay Packers and star wide receiver Devontae Adams are not expected to reach agreement on a contract extension at this time, sources have told ESPN. Adams, 28 years old, is scheduled to be paid a base of $12.25 million and can make an additional $500,000 in roster bonuses in 2021, which is the final year of his four-year $58 million extension he signed in 2017. This is going to be a little bit of a story moving forward. You think so? Why? Here's the thing. Who's surprised by this? Who's surprised by looking at Devontae Adams telling the Green Bay Packers he doesn't want a long-term relationship and is surprised at the way that they have treated Aaron Rodgers and and uh, the sign that Aaron Rodgers want, oh. wants immediate control, he wants the ability to leave immediately. I think that's what this all hinges on. It hasn't been about the money. It hasn't been about you know signing an extension or getting uh, you know the highest pay of any player in NFL history. No, this has all been about I want out of here. Oh yeah, poor Aaron. Mm-hmm. He's been so mistreated. He has been. He's made a quarter of a billion dollars. It's not about the money. It's about respect in your own oh, house. It's about respect. Mm-hmm. Did you see Shaylin Woodley uh, uh, retweeted something that Stephen A. Smith put out? No. Man, that's my favorite line to use in this job. Hey, we figured something out because somebody quote tweeted it, retweeted it on Twitter. <laughs> Ugh. Now, to me, this is a bigger story. Mm-hmm. There is a bigger narrative here. Okay. Because the two have been not, they've been negotiating for quite some time, which means Devontae Adams was open to re-signing with this team. Mm-hmm. Green Bay wouldn't do it. To me, that's a bigger statement than people are going to make it. Because that's Green Bay basically saying, Aaron, we know you want Devontae. And they'll franchise him next year. There's no way he hits the open market. Mm-hmm. Now, if Aaron winds up somewhere else next offseason, could Devontae be traded to really start the reset for the Green Bay Packers? Absolutely. But to me, this is Packers management going, mm-mm. We're not going to overpay a receiver to make Aaron happy. This is the line in the sand that they've been drawing forever. We're not going to acquiesce to you, Aaron Rodgers. We got one, maybe two more years of you at best. And so we're not going to do anything that does not behoove us. Mm -hmm. Because let's be really honest. Let's say they did come to an agreement and it was $20 million a year. Totally made that number up. It would probably be closer to 18, but still. Okay. You signed Devontae Adams for five years at $18 million, and Jordan loves the one throwing to him. Mm-hmm. Does it matter? No. No, and they already know that. Yeah. They know they're going to be bad. Which tells me, <laughs> this whole thing, as soon as I saw this, I told you this morning, this tells me this is the final hurrah mm-hmm. for the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. Because I see a path that neither Devontae Adams nor Aaron Rodgers are wearing this jersey 365 days from now. And in the end, the Green Bay Packers have done it to themselves. And they have allowed this front office to to run this into the ground, basically. It's not a run it into the ground. Do you realize what you would get for the With, two of them? Without Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, this is a bad team. This team's been good for 30 years. Uh-huh. So what? what's the miracle here? What's the miracle? There is no miracle. In? There was never a miracle. This is what people don't seem to understand. There was never a miracle. This, oh, they mistreated Aaron, so what? no wonder he's so upset. Mm-hmm. What's the miracle? 
The miracle it's was Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah. It's kind of hard to get people to want to come there. Yeah, the miracle was going from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. That was the miracle. Yeah. What I'm so, what, what I'm talking about is you said they've run this into the ground. Mm-hmm. They're still the second most likely team in the NFC to go to the Super Bowl. Yes, that's not running it into the ground. Now, when Aaron's gone, guess what? I hate to break this to you, Packer fan, that's so spoiled that you just think you just get to keep winning. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen that way. Right. Look at the New England Patriots after Tom. And they got lucky that a quarterback that I happen to like fell right into their lap. That's and that will be just enough to keep them about, oh, I don't know, 98-10-7 for the next mm-hmm. 5 to 10 years. That's what I was talking about. That's what I was talking about with them running it into the ground is that they have they have created this bad relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Now Devontae Smith doesn't or Devontae Smith, Devontae Adams doesn't want any part of it. What do you think Aaron Jones is going to do? Aaron Jones is going to cash checks. That's exactly uh, what he's going not to Not from this team, he ain't. He's already signed the deal. It's already done. Yeah. He's a running back. Yeah. Running backs take money where it comes from. That's, uh, Todd. Gur- How old's Todd Gurley? He's so, 26 20, years yeah. old, and he can't get a job in the league. <laughs> right. Let me ask he's you also been terribly hurt, and that's I the, don't that's the problem. This, so the, the, the 2021 season will be the 30th year. Since the Green Bay Pack, it'll be the 30th season since the Green Bay Packers acquired Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. How many losing seasons have they had in those 29 years? Five, four. Okay, three of them were with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Just throwing that out there, and two of them have been in the last four years. To me, it's not a running in the ground kind of thing. You had to put pieces around him. And everybody watched Tom go to Tampa, and they think that's how this would go. It's not. It's not. And Green Bay knows that. It depends on where he goes. Wait, okay, name it. Uh, Denver. You're wrong. They're not even the best team. They're on division, and you know it. You're they telling me right now the Denver Broncos are better Rogers. than Kansas City with Aaron Rodgers. No, but they would be a contender. Okay. Is what I'm saying. A contender to what? Get bounced in the second round of the playoffs? <laughs> Woo! That's the same thing you said about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year as well. Yeah. Just and guess it. what happened? You, know, you got real lucky. And you had a pretty good team. And it was, I'll be honest with you. The team you have in Tampa is better than Denver. Point blank, oh, it's better than Denver, and it's not even debatable. Oh, and I guess agree. what? And and I, you don't like to admit this. It's 100% the truth. You didn't come up against a Kermit in your division like Aaron would in Denver. No. And I'll be honest with you, I think the Raiders the Raiders are better than the Falcons have been, and the Saints are or uh, the uh, Chargers are better than the Saints have been. Wait, what? I I mixed that up somewhere Wait, in my head. I realized the Chargers are no. I, I, you're wrong. There were extra teams here, and I, I don't. I know what I was trying to say, but I don't even know how to fix it. To be really honest with you, Chargers have been better than the Saints have been. I, that's not even kind of true. What I meant was the Chargers will be better than the Saints have been. Okay, all right. That's that. There we go. Oh when, wait, when you repeated it back you to th- me, it made sense. Okay, you think the Chargers are going to have a run like? The Saints have had with Drew Brees for the next ten years. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I'm New not Orleans, saying you're wrong. New Orleans went to and won one Super Bowl. Uh huh. There's a possibility for that, no doubt. But my point is, is that w- what exactly is the, the I, I, what I can't figure out is what is it that the people that are they've been so bad to Aaron. What is, what is it you wanted them to do? This is LeBron in Cleveland all mm-hmm. over again. You do get that right? Because mm-hmm. nobody's signing up to go to Green Bay. There's not. I mean, in terms of high-end free agents, 
Nobody takes visits to Green Bay, and they don't sign them. Mm-hmm. They don't even call because for 30 years they've signed one free agent of any real magnitude. You don't think they could have found a, a wide receiver better than Alan Lazard in the last? Yeah, they have one. His name's Devontae Adams. I know, but be they, really but honest. What I'm saying is they okay, drafted up, him. I know what you're going to say. Okay, be really honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Look at the receiving core that Pat Mahomes has. Tell me that's better than what Aaron Rodgers has. Because Devontae Adams is better than any receiver in that building, and it's not close. Mm-hmm. Alan Lazard and Equinemius St. Brown, that's very Mecole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson-esque. <laughs> but is, that's but... only a problem for Aaron Ro- for Aaron Rodgers. Well, because Patrick also has Travis Kelsey. You're leaving him out of the equation. I'm not He's just... got another high-paid, really good talent to, to throw to. Aaron time, at Green Bay tried. They tried with Jimmy Graham because that was the one guy that would take their money. <laughs> right. It's just this is one of those things we talked about this for so long that I mm-hmm. think people keep forgetting. It's still Green Bay, Wisconsin. There's not a lot of people that are lining up to do that. This team has to draft really well. Mm-hmm. And somehow, over the course of the last 30 years, they've managed to be a legitimate playoff contender for 26 of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the management and, and the, the front office looks at this and goes, I trust uh, Brian Guntekinst and Mark Murphy. They're going to be here much longer than Aaron is. So sorry, Aaron. Yeah. Sorry about your luck. And mm-hmm. they're doing the same thing with Devontae Adams. And that's and they're well within their mm-hmm. power to do that. They can do that all they want to. All I'm saying is, in hindsight, you're going to look back and go, damn, I wish we'd have had another five years with Aaron Rodgers. Well, you're not going to have five years with him anyway. They could have. Mm, well, he's 38, and i got news for you. Tom, you've got these Tom Brady goggles on <laughs> that apparently guys can just play until they're 80. Aaron Rodgers is... Not exactly the healthiest human being you've ever mm-hmm. seen in your life, and he's 38 years old. Mm-hmm. You got two years at best. Drew Brees was in better shape than Aaron Rodgers, and he fell off a cliff the last two years. They had to scheme around him. Mm-hmm. Aaron lives by the big arm. Guess what? That doesn't live forever. The beauty of Tom is that he never threw the greatest deep ball. Right. He was just laser accurate and really smart. And cerebral. I love that. I, you, you I, lo- I love just, that. You couldn't have just taken one. the two compliments I gave. You had to throw in another one. <laughs> Look, that's what you do for the great ones. You, there, there, there's no end to the descriptors that you can use to talk about one's greatness. I will say, you know, and Tom has been the bane of my existence for practically two decades now. Mm-hmm. His actions of the last two, two or three days, I, I got to admit, I laughed at one and the other I went, yeah, that's about right. I'm, I'm telling you, this... he took pot shots at Biden when they mm-hmm. went to the when they went to the White House, which made me laugh a lot. Right, especially knowing that he's tight with Trump. Oh yeah, which I just I just found it comical. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and then he's asked about uh, you know these teams that didn't want him, and he compares himself to Michael Jordan and Wayne Gretzky, mm-hmm. and says, "Yeah, I use that as a little bit of motivation." Mm-hmm. And he was 100% talking about the Miami Dolphins. There's no doubt about that. Oh, I think I think that has been discovered, yes. That's another. You, you know, we didn't really entertain that when we were talking about who was he talking about. You're staying with that obscenity yep. word that I can't say here. Yeah. We never really investigated the thought that, you know, he could have been talking about the Dolphins. Well, I assumed that he was talking about the San Francisco 49ers because I knew that was the team that he would be interested in he going wasn't to play saying with. That about, he was not saying that and about he, Jimmy Garoppolo. Right, and I, that was my original thought, though, was that he wanted to go to San Francisco, go back home, his childhood team. It all made sense. And then the past with Jimmy Garoppolo, 
okay. And then it was Derek Carr. Was it Derek Carr that he was talking about? And then we thought, well, maybe it was Chicago. He's talking about Chicago and Mitch Trubisky. But now it looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick was the guy he was talking about. I'm getting to the point of I think that's exactly who he was talking about. Which makes perfect sense. I mean, as much good as we have talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick going to the Washington football team and everything, I mean, he's not a guy that you say no to a superstar for. He's not a guy that you go, yeah, I'm going to put all my eggs on that basket. We're going to draft a rookie and see how this goes. No. Tom Brady comes up and says, I want to be on your football team, or I'd be interested in being on your football team. You have to look at him exactly as he said on Sirius XM Radio with Jim Gray. When he said, I'll give you the quote here. He said, um, uh, there are private things for me that are going to remain motivational for me. They know who they are, and it's fine. He's talking about this team. Everyone has a choice to choose. I think what you realize is that there's not as many smart people as you think. That's just the reality. I think it's a no-brainer if you said, hey, you got a chance to get Wayne Gretzky on your team or you got a chance to get Michael Jordan on your team, and they go, oh, we don't need him. No, thanks. We're good. Where was he wrong in that statement? He wasn't. He is the great one. He is what Michael Jordan was to the NBA and what Wayne Gretzky was to the NHL. You can get mad at that all you want to, and you can you can call him a D-bag for saying it out loud, but he knows. He's a guy that knows, and especially after he just did what he did in Tampa Bay. I left New England where I was comfortable for 20 years, came down here with a whole bunch of young guys, and look what happened. I led a team that went 7-9 and nine to, the, to the Super Bowl. And we got the gaudiest rings on the planet out of the deal. I knew you were going to find a way to bring up the stupid rings. I thought about wearing my ring t-shirt today just to, to celebrate the rings being unveiled. Does part of your shirt come off? Because if it does, I need you to never wear that shirt around me again. Uh, no, but now I want one. Now I want one with the actual ring where you can, it's got a little flap on it and you can Velcro it open so you can see the inside of the ring. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> uh, I just I just like to keep throwing out there, if your team had as cool of a Super Bowl ring as my team did, you'd have one of them t-shirts too. No, your team's Super Bowl ring has a little hidey pocket in it. Like, it does. You put stuff in it. Like, uh-huh. look, my ring, the top screws off. It's like one of them old school uh, narcotics rings that, the, that they used to use back in the day. I was thinking it. I wasn't going to say it, but you did. Uh I'll be honest, that was the first thing I thought of when I saw that it had a removable top. I went, ooh, what kind of weird stuff could you keep in there? Yeah. Uh, After the break, a team in major sports has a new name, and it has started a new trend on Twitter. Oh, wonderful. And I'm curious to hear what your takes on this trend are. Okay. We'll do that coming up next right here on ESPN Asheville. Everclear tonight on the Silverado Stage 2021 Outdoor Concert Series in Black Mountain. Be There show starts at 7 o'clock tonight. Four big bands. We got Everclear. We got, uh, I guess I should do these in order. So it's Everclear is is the headliner. And then you got Hoobastank, Living, Living Color. Color, and then Huitas will be opening up the show. Will you stop with the H? <laughs> I can't do it. I can't say. It's a silent H. I can't say Wheatus without saying Huitas. It's not Cool Whip. It's not Will Wheatons. It's, it's Wheatus. Wheat Thins. Wheat. 
Why are you saying it like you're saying it weird? Stop saying it weird. Get your tickets tonight for the big Summerland tour out at Silverados in Black Mountain. Silverados, WNC.com is the website. Everclear taking the stage tonight. I'm pretty sure Santa Monica is going to be the last song that they play. But you'll just have to be there to see. Jeremy and I and all of our friends and family will be there. Except for my family. My family's uh, going out of town for the weekend. And, you know, I'm going to miss them while they're gone. Let's move on. I, yep. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what you're wanting me to jump, jump in here. <laughs> All right. So there's a new TikTok trend regarding the well, Cleveland it's, Guardians well, name. No, it's not. It's Twitter. Oh, uh, Twitter. Anything Excuse I say me. is going to come from either Twitter or Facebook because I don't do uh, TikTok. Okay. So with the Cleveland Guardians name, to a lot of people, apparently it makes sense in the city of Cleveland. Yes, it does. Right outside of the stadium is the Hope Memorial Bridge. The Hope Memorial Bridge has two giant statues on it that are called the Guardians of Traffic. I'm not saying it's a great idea or you should have named your team after it, but that's the theme that they went with, was the Guardians of Traffic sit right outside the stadium, so they went with the Cleveland Guardians. I thought they named them after that little talking squirrel from Guardians of the Galaxy, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> he's a raccoon. He's, he's, a, he's a furry woodland critter. <laughs> I think we've all established that I don't necessarily know what all of those are. Right. Uh, and it started a trend on Twitter of, what team in modern professional sports has the most confusing nickname? Utah Jazz. That's one of the three. That's the immediate for me. I always loved the beginning of the basketball movie where they talked about teams moving cities and the, the line that they used for the New Orleans Jazz moving to Utah was the New Orleans Jazz moved from uh, Louisiana to Utah where they don't allow music. <laughs> it makes no sense why it's... they're still the Jazz. I remember being a kid, and one of my favorite, one of my favorite, like, you know when you're a kid and you learn things and you're like, oh, well, that's, that's not how my young little brain thought it worked. Right. You remember when the Jazz had those purple and blue uniforms? Mm-hmm. And it was like the Carl the Malone days, and yeah. they had the mountains in the background. <laughs> and I was sitting at home one day, and I went, I was like 10, and I asked my dad, why do they have Jazz in the mountains? That doesn't make any sense. And he just looked at me and went, nope. Doesn't, does it? And off we went. And I'm, <laughs> oh, we well, this is stupid. And I've thought it that way for a long time. <laughs> yep. Another one that makes no sense to me is the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes. They moved from Vancouver where there are a lot of Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. And they moved to Memphis where there might be one if he got out of a zoo. Yep. That's the only way you're going to see a Grizzly in Memphis. Yep. Gary the Grizzly is the only one in Memphis, and he he lives at the Memphis Zoo. So when I when I went down this path, I started researching things that people had said. And Dave DeVore is a writer for The Athletic. You can find him on Twitter, at Dave DeVore NBA. He has an idea. And I think it's something that we should 100% do. Okay. The Memphis Grizzlies steal. It's a three-team trade in the NBA. The Memphis (laughs) Grizzlies steal the hustle moniker from their G League team. They give the Grizzlies to the Utah Jazz along with a top 55 protected second rounder. And the Jazz send, uh, Utah sends the Jazz to New Orleans, who get the Jazz and half of John Stockton's career assists. And I think it's brilliant. I think it's one of the most brilliant things I've ever read on Twitter. Yeah, the Grizzlies, the Jazz, the Lakers. The Los Angeles Lakers has never made sense. They moved from Minneapolis, where there are lakes, to L.A., where there are no lakes. They should have changed their name to the Oceaners. 
This is the only body of water I think that still exists out in L.A. More on well, that coming up in weird news later on. Yeah, the, at in least the next one hour. that you want to swim in. Uh, the one that made this never made sense to me. We have two name. We have two teams in Major League Baseball named after socks. Yes. Stop. That. Actually, there's three of them, but that's another story. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green, as always, heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Last hour of the week. And it's, uh, we're counting down the moments. Counting down the moments to the big rock show out at Silverado's tonight. Silverado's WNC.com. Get your tickets for the Summerland Tour now. Everything starts off at 7 o'clock tonight with Huitas. Kicking things off. You say it weird. Living Color, Hoobastank, and Everclear. It's going to be a phenomenal show tonight. We're all going to be out there drinking beers, having some fun. You should come and join us. Tickets available now at SilveradosWNC.com. Yes, the uh, the Cleveland Guardians is the new name for the Cleveland Indians baseball team. Uh, and... I look. I'm. I don't have a problem with the name. I would have rather them gone back to the original name of the Cleveland Spiders. I thought that was a cool idea. Was to resurrect something from, you know, the past years. But they go with the Guardians, and I think it it just plays into this whole Major League Baseball has become a regional sport. Whatever makes the most sense for your team locally, then just name the team that. And they decided to go with the Guardians. And yes, as I said before the break, there there are three teams in baseball named after socks. Yeah, the Reds don't have Reds don't have socks in their name anymore. They're just the Reds. <laughs> They're like the Browns. They're just named for a color. You got the Red Sox, the White Sox, and the Cincinnati Reds, who started out their major league baseball career as the Red Stockings. Then they changed to the Reds. And then in the fifties they went to the Red Legs for a little bit, and then they went back to the Reds. And that was the way you distinguished yourself back in 1886. You have two teams named after socks. <laughs> what your sport is? Uh, your, your your sport is irrelevant if your teams are named after socks. Is I just don't understand. I've never understood why you have na- teams named after socks. I just told you that was how they originally I, distinguished I themselves. No, I got that. Okay, that was two hundred years ago. <laughs> Once you're an established brand, it's hard to change. Could you imagine? We've been talking about the Texas and Oklahoma. Could you imagine Texas trying to change their team mascot from the Longhorns to something else? Well, there are two established brands that are getting ready uh, that, that think they're getting ready to change. That's Texas and Oklahoma. And yes, I've gotten this on Twitter a couple times. I do understand that Chip Brown has tweeted out Texas and Oklahoma are definitively leaving the back. Mm-hmm. I've already seen it. Mm-hmm. I, I I gave that no credence for a reason. 
I'm not saying Texas doesn't believe right now that they're going to leave for the SEC. You just think somebody's going to stop it. Yep. Yeah. I do. You think somebody's coming in to stop this from happening. But now there is a brand that is actually going to change. And it took an aggressive shot today. What's that? The New Orleans Saints. How is their brand changing? Uh, Well, it went from good to very bad. Very, very uncontrollably bad. Okay, I see what you're saying. They're not changing the branding. It's just what's behind that brand. Oh, yeah, the the helmet and the uniforms will be the same. The product on the field is going to be a little ugly. Now, you could say it. Horrendous. Horrendous should be what you're looking for here. Michael Thomas underwent ankle surgery last month. And for some reason, this is just now coming out. And that he is going to miss, what did it say, up to six months? Uh, uh, the the recovery timetable is four months. He had the procedure in June, of which they didn't release a date. But if you do that four months out, that's at least the first month of the season. Mm-hmm. Have you looked at this team's schedule in the first <laughs> seven games of the season? It's very, very rough. It is ugly. And that's beneficial for Panthers fans here in the Char- in the Charlotte Carolina Panther market. Mm-hmm. Because now I will definitively say the Carolina Panthers are the, best, are the second best team in this division, and I don't even think it's debatable. I don't think so either. I don't think it's even debatable. I thought they were anyway, but... I thought it was close. I thought with Jameis, and I, I loved Michael Thomas coming in this year, but let's be really honest. Looking at the schedule is the way it sits. They start out with Green Bay. With no Michael Thomas, that's going to get ugly in a hurry. Unless Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up. Aaron Rodgers is going to show then, up. Let's just, I don't let's know. just stop. I don't know. There seems to be more and more people yeah. thinking that he's going to hold on. And he, at least when he does report, it might be after the first couple of weeks of the season. It won't be. Uh, there are also people that believe the earth is flat and that <laughs> birds are real. Okay. So, so a certain niche part of the market believing things that, that doesn't sway me anymore. <laughs> yeah. I think you understood the word niche wrong when you said, uh, people who think that birds are real look i'm watching a series of them recharging on the power lines right now so <laughs> you know just do what you will uh then they go to carolina with no michael thomas loss then they go to new england no michael thomas loss best case scenario from what i've heard is that he comes back at the bye week okay then you have a game with the giants that you probably should win and then you go to the washington football team mm-hmm. you're one in four you're one in four because you have Jameis, and and I'm gonna. The reason I wanted to talk about this, yeah, I have a take on this. I think the Michael Thomas thing makes it less likely that Jameis Winston's the starter. I agree with you. I do. I, 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 I thought the very same thing. This this would solve a problem. Yeah, because with, now you got a quarterback. You don't right. have any receivers, so, right. so just try out a quarterback that can't throw. And here's the thing: the best the best thing for our offense right now might be a quarterback that can't throw. I'm not sure that it's not. Sean Payton may look at this and go, you know what? Let's just keep throwing them different looks to start out the season until Michael Thomas does come back. Do you and know then the at three that point, starting receivers on this team are right now? Uh, it'd be Traquan Smith. He's the one. Uh, Callaway. Marquez Callaway, is that He's his name? He's the three. And then I forget after that. Deontay Harris Okay, is the two. Yeah, never would have got there. <laughs> Woof. Uh, Adam Troutman and tight end, and I was trying to think: is there even a is there even a lesser receiver that they just drafted that we would know a name? Uh, 
Aesop Winston. Aesop Winston, yeah. That dude from Washington State? Is that where he went? That's actually right. Yeah! That's that might be the most mind-boggling thing that you've ever done. He was one, he was one of my dirty little secrets in college fantasy football a couple of years ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Aesop Winston. Yeah, he has yet to play a game. Was uh, was with the Rams last year and with the uh, with the New Orleans Saints now. But I think this makes it more likely that they start Taysom Hill. I agree because that gives you that at least gives you the ability to run the ball and mm-hmm. hope that your defense is good. You lean on Kamara, you lean on Latavius Murray, and then you, to me, you even get into Dwayne Washington. Like, that's how much this team's going to have to run. Mm-hmm. If you ask Jameis Winston, who threw 30 interceptions with Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brayton, Mike Evans, if you turn him loose in this Sean Payton offense to do what Drew Brees did, he might throw 100 interceptions in the 2021 season. <laughs> and now, obviously, I'm being a little hyperbolic, but not as much as you think. Right. That's the worst receiving court I have ever seen. Well, and that's expansion franchise level bad with no Michael Thomas. Yes. I will agree with that and here's the thing though if you if you do decide to do that and you think that's the best the best path for your offense to start out the season, well guess what? You're probably still going to be 1, one and, and 4 six. at that point. Yeah, you'll be 1 and 4 before the bye week. There's two mm-hmm. games after the bye that I don't think you're winning regardless. Mm-hmm. Then you can make the change to Jameis Winston once Michael Thomas comes back. Because after the bye, you go to Seattle and Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Loss. Wow. Loss. It's literally in the first nine weeks of the season, there are two winnable games, and one of them is the last of the nine games. Mm-hmm. And then you go at Tennessee, at Philadelphia in November. when It's going to be four degrees. Then on four days rest, you you go short week Buffalo, mm-hmm. Dallas, at the Jets, at Tampa Bay. If you want the easiest free money in the history of time, take the New Orleans Saints. Whatever the and I've been trying to tell you this. Yeah, this is not new information. I tried to tell you this. Now the Michael Thomas thing just reaffirmed it for me. Whatever the under is on the Saints, because I guarantee you it has moved today. I know what it was. It was nine and a half, and there's a reason I know that because there's a little tiny piece of paper <laughs> that he, he's already been there. Uh yeah, been yeah, there for, done that for hoping a, to get a t-shirt. For a uh an a, for a, a number that is uh it, it's bigger than what a cheeseburger costs. That's all I'm willing to say out loud. Wow. Their over under was nine and a half wins. Mhm. If you let them play with 13 players, I don't think I could find nine and a half wins on the schedule. <laughs> under yeah, hard the, the, aggressively, <laughs> uh, which really makes me wish you would, you would, you would let me out of that little wager that we made about the Saints finishing over the Falcons this year. No, uh-uh. no, uh-uh. that's not how that works. No, uh-uh. If somebody gets hurt, Vegas won't let you take it back. Uh-uh. That's not how that works. Oh, this is why they call it gambling. <laughs> <laughs> so that's already one bet that I've lost. Oh yeah, to you oh. this year. Oh, you are doomed. You are doomed. I'm not doomed. Oh, you're doomed. We still have... It's just one loss. We have a string of other wagers that... I've got a chance. Yeah, no. No, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. Michael Thomas being out for the New Orleans Saints is the worst news that they could have gotten. And the fact that he's not going to be back for the first at least month of the season pretty much tanks the season. 
Oh, yeah. They're, that's the team that I'm going to have been the most right on. Mm-hmm. Because I told you, the depth, you can't have injuries. First team, The first team offense and the first team defense of this team are good enough. I don't think to make the playoffs, but they were they could be competitive. I said they could win nine games, and that was best case scenario. Now you are in trouble. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, when you come up to play this team, tell me how you don't put seven guys in the box on every play. Oh, that's like a done I deal. know you're gonna. I know it's Kamara. I put eight. But yeah, because who are you scared of? Right. All I got to do is contain the edges with with Kamara and. Taysom Hill, and I'm not worried about a single thing. You know, they're going to start running like wishbone forma- formations. They're going to get Latavius Murray on the field as well. That's one thing that they could do. They could start splitting Alvin Kamara out wide. Well, they already running. did that some. Yeah, I know they did, but I'm saying this might be a full-time thing. Let's run Latavius Murray out of the out of the backfield. That might be a way to get Jameis on the field. This is just going to be, it's going to be an ugly year. Mm-hmm. And I look at this for the, the, the number one takeaway I had from this was Taysom Hills, I, I think now is the more likely starter for the New Orleans Saints. The second takeaway I had, mm-hmm. I'm not so sure. I don't think the Panthers make the playoffs. Now, I don't know about that. I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility because I think when we did our initial, uh, our, our initial thing, uh, uh, prognostications for the year, I think I had them close to the playoffs. I mean, you did, but all right, take just it, it, you don't have to be Carolina Panther colored glasses here. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to. Be, there's nothing that drives me more crazy than people that do what we do in a local market and they pander to the market. I do not do that. I don't do that either. Be really honest with yourself. They start the season Jets, New Orleans, both at home wins. That's two probable wins. Mm-hmm. Then you go to Houston. Win. They could play that game on Mars. I would still take Carolina to win it. <laughs> then you go Mars t- without breathing apparatus. Well, well, hold on. Then you go at Dallas. That's going to be a shootout. We don't know what their defense looks like. There's a path that's four and zero. Oh. I don't like it's, it being four and. Oh. I would say yeah. it's probably three and one. Okay, I'm with you. Then you go Philadelphia, Minnesota, at the Giants, at the Falcons, New England. Do you realize they could be eight and two, and it's not even a stretch. <laughs> It's not even a stretch. Mm-hmm. Then you go at Arizona, Washington, at Miami, which is that's not pretty. But that's Miami be could be in flux. Exactly. If Tua if Tua isn't the thing in Miami, that whole team could just be you know. Now you're talking good. about a team that's ten and three that ends the season with you do get Tampa Bay twice in the last three weeks of the season losses. But you in the last the last five you get Atlanta and at New Orleans. You're in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Buffalo's going to have the division sewn up by the time you play them. <laughs> yeah, but that's, I'm not but saying that's they're also be... Sean McDermott going against the Carolina I, Panthers. He ain't holding that. back. And I get all of that. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm not being I'm not being local homer guy. I'm being legitimately honest if I'm looking at the schedule going, I don't know how you don't win 10 games. Mm-hmm. Because now you've got two guaranteed wins against New Orleans. The schedule lays out beautifully. Because you've got, you're through week nine. Where's that first game against New Orleans? Is it in it's Carolina? It's in Carolina. See, that's the one that that's the one that would make because what happens? Michael Thomas comes back. Jameis Winston is well, he won't there be back throwing. For that game. 
He will not be back. No, for the he, but season. he will be back for the one later in the season that's down at their place. So it, that's not a given. Yeah, but it's week seventeen. They're going to mm-hmm. be two and fourteen at that point. Mm-hmm. And they'll do the same thing the Jets did last year and beat two playoff teams, hoping to get a high draft pick. I don't think they will because here's how I think this goes in Carolina. I think you could see some up and down Sam Darnold the first. I don't know. I'll go seventeen games. <laughs> no, I would say for the first six weeks where he's acclimating to the system. Yeah, there are four of those games. I don't think you could lose. At worst, there's three. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, you're three and three going to the Giants. And this—that's me just absolutely. I'm nitpicking to the highest extreme mm-hmm. because you lose to either the Jets or Philadelphia, and I'm going to be honest with you. I could see them losing to the Jets because this team knows Darnold so well. I don't see a path they lose to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And you go through that and you realize that this team gets hot and then they play a bunch of bad defenses. I I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm getting to the point where I think I think there's at least a 40 to 50% chance the Panthers make the playoffs this year. I wouldn't go 50%, but I'd be right there with you on the 40%. I mean, be honest with yourself. We've been talking about the NFC West and all that. There's no doubt one of those teams is going to disappoint. Yes. And it's either going to be the Cardinals that you think it is, mm-hmm. it's going to be the Seahawks that I think it is, mm-hmm. or something happens in San Francisco. Yep. And one of those teams disappoints. Let's say only two teams make it out of that division. Find me two other wildcard teams in the NFC. There's one in the NFC East, you and get, then it gets ugly. You get real Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings. Vikings quick. <laughs> We have been working together too long. Yeah. You're in the sports tank with me. Thanks, Spencer. Him, Jeremy Green, right here on ESPN Asheville. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. You have to listen to the entire first riff. You got to wait until he hits that look in my eyes. I'm going to need you to never do that again. Oh, I'm going to be doing it hard tonight when they play this live. I'm going to need you far away from me when this song comes up. Oh, no, I'm going to be right in your ear like uh, Jim Carrey, uh, the most annoying sound in the world. Yeah, this is my walk-up song when I do (laughs) stand-up. This is the song I come out of the curtain to. That's right. It's probably my favorite song ever written. The Cult of Personality will be performed live tonight on the 2021 Outdoor Concert Series stage at Silverado's as the Summerland Tour rolls into town. We got Everclear headlining, Living Colors on the bill, so is Hoobastank and Huitas. And it's all going to be live in front of your eyeballs on the best new outdoor stage in the area. Stop pronouncing the H! <laughs> it's driving me crazy. You've been doing this to me all day long. Uh-huh. I have been, and I'm going to continue to do it's it. It's not now a that I know wheat it gets... thin. It's a wheat thin. <laughs> it's not wheatus. I don't wheatus. know. I don't know what you're talking about. I am going to... St- oh, uh... <laughs> There is no one here to save you, just so you know. <laughs> Get your tickets. For Everybody the- in the building is emptied out because we're the last ones to leave. Right. Because we're the last ones that are going to get there tonight. Right. Get your tickets uh, online at silverados.wnc.com, or you can wait and buy tickets at the gate as well um, for the 2021 Outdoor Concert Series at Silverado. Silverados.wnc.com. You can tell I, them the, you can tell really- the sports tank guys sent you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's not, I mean, it won't save you anything, but it, no, it doesn't save you money, but it might get you like, ha, 
we know those guys too. Hey, yeah, they're over there. Uh, one of them's wearing the biggest beer on his shirt in this entire building. That's right. I'll be wearing my sportsocracy t-shirt and my ESPN Asheville hat. Come on by, say hello. Yeah, we're not hard to spot. I mean, you can if you really wanted to, you could buy us a beer. I wouldn't say no. Would you? I I I I don't know what to do with that. What? I don't know what to do with that. I mean, somebody walked up and said, hey, I love your show. Here's a beer. We're not going to say no to it. I, yeah, you haven't checked my Twitter mentions enough times. Uh, I, I mean, I would really like to have seen it be opened. Yeah. Uh, cause I, I, don't, I don't know how that would go for me. There are a lot of people that don't really like me. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe maybe that's not the path for you. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Here, take, you eat gas station hot dogs. You're infallible. <laughs> Oh so, oh, so I'm like the guy in you know the medieval times that tries the king's beer before before he does. Yeah. Well, if it's gonna, I mean, if I'll it, jump on that sword. I mean, if if there's one of us that wouldn't harm, it would be you. Well, if it's, I mean, if it's gonna do some damage, I guess I'll take my risk. If it doesn't do damage, it might be a hell of a trip. I, I think it's you know edgy to put zach sauce on kentucky fried chicken so you know i'm a little picky you you are he said that to me earlier today you ever put somebody another food uh company's what was it condiments another fast on food places condiments on food from another entity right he said do you, do you ever do that and it makes you just feel dirty i'm like no a whopper with mcdonald's french fries i'm just telling you it, it hits different it's I, it's the best way to do it it just hits different. It is. I mean, I love the I, I love the Whopper, but nobody does fries like McDonald's. McDonald's French fries in a Wendy's Frosty. That's another one. Oh, that will, that's uh-huh. another one that will change the mm-hmm. way you look at the world. Yeah. If I ever had money and I had a personal assistant, I would make them do that. <laughs> just run to three different three different fast food places to get me lunch. Indeed. <laughs> See, these are the things that I think about. Jeremy thinks about conquering the world. I think about, hey, I could get three different things from three different places for lunch because I got an assistant that I could abuse. That's why you'll never have an assistant. At this point, point, I'm just stalling because I really don't want to talk about the coronavirus, but I feel like we have to. Yeah. Because it's it's becoming a thing. Actually, it's been a thing, but now it's just... it's taken so many turns. So first off, uh, let's DeAndre Hopkins. Did you see what he said mm-hmm. yesterday? After and then the NFL? immediately deleted it. Like, oh, well, of course I hit did. send on that. I didn't did, mean to do that. Right. I, I mean, hello, DeAndre. Have you not seen the crap that Cole Beasley's been getting on Twitter for what the last three weeks? They have been going hard in on Cole Beasley over the anti-vax comments that he made let let me just tell you uh, this from somebody that takes you know not nearly as much on twitter no doubt but takes you know i take my share it it all just it becomes noise after a while yeah there's a reason you can no longer send me a message on twitter uh i leave them up just uh, just because sometimes i need a good laugh (laughs) i promise you cole Cole beasley nor deandre hopkins care about that Mm. but with a turn why would you delete it because you're tired of the notification sound exactly. if nothing else. Exactly. It has nothing to do with the content of what's said. No. You just get tired of hearing your phone buzz. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, somebody sent me a text. No, that's not a text message. That's another poorly spelled death threat. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but yesterday after the news came out that the NFL had sent a memo to the team saying if you have coronavirus outbreaks, um, you're going to have to forfeit games if you can't put a roster out there. And then DeAndre Hopkins replied with, now knowing that I could hurt my team because I make a personal decision not to get the vaccine, I'm thinking about retiring. Well, I mean, Dak Prescott said today in a press conference, somebody asked him if he'd been vaccinated. He said, I don't think that's really any of your business. Good and you know what? Him. Good for you, Dak. Absolutely. Because I agree with you wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of keyboard warriors that, oh, this is, why would you ever do that? Uh, do you do the same thing with like, I, I'm trying, I don't know what inoculations you get because I haven't gotten one in, since I was a child. Tetanus. Oh, yeah, tetanus shot. Yeah, I got one of those one time. That was fun. That was after I stepped on a roofing nail. Of course, that's not a communicable disease. We understand that before you start with the tweets. Uh, But but after that came out, of course, he starts getting uh, bombarded. Everybody's talking about DeAndre Hopkins. Well, I don't know. You live on Twitter more than I do. Is he getting anywhere at the level of hatred spilled his way that Cole Beasley did? No, I think there's a large quantity of people that are going... Yeah, I wouldn't really love it if my employer told me I had to do something like that either. Yeah, well, especially after... Now, they don't have blue check marks. Right. <laughs> you know, it's funny. They have blue check marks somehow. They, they always they always strive in the same direction. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I'm just spitballing. Well, it was after se- uh, several players kind of came to his defense as well. I mean, Jalen Ramsey said he, he, he don't want to do it. There's a lot of guys that are doing that. Mm-hmm. And now you've got two coaches that have walked away from their teams. This is going to be a problem. Right. Rick Dennison, the offensive line coach for the Minnesota Vikings, who was, you know, he was seen as one of the guys that was going to be able to bridge the gap for that offense, switching from Gary Kubiak to, to his son. And now he's not going to be there because the rule is tier one personnel. It's mandated that you have to have your coronavirus vaccine. Rick Dennison didn't want to do it. And so now he's he's got to step away. Yeah, I don't think that's going to hold up in uh, virtually any court of law. So, you know, just remember I said that that in 2 years from now, Rick Dennison sues NFL for $25 million. That, how did that happen? Right. Oh yeah, you remember that? T- yeah, that's up. That, that's how I would wager that's going. Well, happen. and you said uh, right before we came on with this segment that there's another coach now that apparently is going to be out. Uh yeah, he's the offensive line coach for the New England Patriots. Uh it's Cole Cole something. Not uh, Cole Beasley. Nope, not Cole Beasley. I can't remember his last name now in my my Twitter. At, uh, uh, it, it, it jumped. Uh, well, yeah. I got notifications and things like that. So <laughs> it's it's all your fan base is it's, just clamoring for your attention. Jeremy. His name could be Cole Aldrich for all I know. I don't think that's it either. That's, I don't think that's, that's a basketball player. Anyhow, there's another coach. Rick Dennison has said he's he, he's done. He has announced that he's leaving the Minnesota Vikings. And now another coach, apparently, for the New, New England Patriots. They're in the same boat. Look, it's a it's a personal decision. And I, I, I side with Dak Prescott on this. Cole Popovich. Cole Popovich. There you go. That's Greg's kid, right? No. No? But just he's like walked the, away. Just like the Bogdanoviches are not, are not brothers in Correct. the NBA? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and he won't. He he's the second. He will not be the last. You mark my words. No, he won't be. And you're going to see more and more pushback from this. And Dak Prescott saying what he said today that it's none of your business whether I got my vaccine or not. I agree with him. I don't think it's anybody's business but your own. That's just me. I don't set the rules. 
but I am glad to see other players coming out and voicing their displeasure with being basically forced to go and do this. Jalen Ramsey said it best. I mean, he said he he said he knows two people that have gotten the vaccine and still got the coronavirus, still contracted it, still got sick from it. Why are you going to make me do this if it's not going to fully protect me? And I mean, and I get it. I never thought we would come to a point where a topic would be whether you've been inoculated against something. Mm-hmm. It's weird. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. All right, I teased this earlier in the program when we were talking about the the nicknames that didn't make any sense. The Los Angeles Lakers doesn't make any sense because there are no lakes in Los Angeles. But that's, I, I mean, I get it. There probably are. But they're very, very dry right now. There is an extreme drought in California. Obviously, we've been seeing the news about the wildfires and our hazy air here is apparently smoke that has drifted in, uh, across the entire continent to come here and make our uh, make our skies a little hazy but they're dealing with they're dealing with water thieves all over California officials say that the thieves are getting their hands on water by breaking into secure water stations drilling into water lines tapping into fire hydrants and using violence and threats against local farmers to make off with truckloads of water um, for their crops under the cover of darkness. They say that since 2013, there have been 12 billion gallons of water stolen in the state of California. Now, yeah, they deal with droughts off and on all the time out in California. The wildfires, and then the you know you got the mudslide season, and then you got the 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 windy season, all that. It, California to me is just, I mean, yeah, hey, it looks like America's playground on all the postcards, but be damned if I'd ever want to live in California with all the things that they have to deal with between, like I said, the flooding and the mudslides and the wildfires and all of that, earthquakes. Didn't even mention those. It's a hotbed for natural disasters out there. But the fact that, I mean, it has gotten so bad where uh, local towns are taking their fire hydrants and locking them to make sure that nobody can tap into them in any possible way. To me, it's just baffling. In Los Angeles County, there has been 18 water main breaks, forcing the Waterworks Department to spend about half a million dollars responding to all of these incidents. And they're saying that these water main breaks are because the water pressure is getting so low from people illegally tapping into the water system to try to um, water their crops. Would you like to know what crop it is that they're growing out there that they think they're stealing the water for? It's weed. I, I thought that's where that was going. <laughs> they're trying to grow weed out there, and there's a massive drought, so they're having to steal the water for it. I, I have a triple just a bit out or, or uh, weird news. First time weird. I've ever done this. Nice. Uh, the first one from the Palm Beach Post. A driver in Paul, West Palm Beach was pulled over by police in the 600 block of 51st Street, at which time... When when pulled over, she told the cop that the, she'd been pulled over for not having her taillight or having her lights on at night. Mm-hmm. 
when, when the cop came to the window, she said that she was in, how do we say this, gastrointestinal distress, and she had pulled up in front of this house to make use of their facilities. Okay. When she got out of the car, the cop said, that's fine. You could go do what you have to do, and we'll deal with this when you come back. But you have to leave your purse and your keys in the car. Okay. Fine. She said, okay, I'll do that. Got out of the car, walked to the house, stood on the porch, didn't go in, walked back to the cop. At which point he noticed there was a crack pipe in her bra and arrested her for possession of Aww. recreational narcotics. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> I have more than one here, and they're, 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 they're pretty good. Don't do crack. Uh, this one's not a crime. It's just really funny to me. Police in British Columbia responded Thursday to a report of a loose alligator in a high-rise condo building. There was a woman at 7 o'clock in the morning that called police on her cell phone and said they, she could not get out of the stairwell because she was cornered in it by an alligator. Police responded the alligator, that the alligator was a bronze statue. It's not even the right color. It's, it's, it's a gold yellow alligator. If this was a real alligator, it has some very bad disease to it. Just pay attention before you call law enforcement. <laughs> Third, and this is the only good story I have, a cop in New York City is being credited with saving a stabbing victim's life by using an empty potato chip bag and tape. Officer Ronald Kennedy responded to a reported stabbing in the 28th precinct of Lenox Avenue, at which point he came to the body, and on his body cam, you can see this, there is a stab, there's a stab victim in front of him that is covered in blood. Mm -hmm. He yells out, does anybody have a potato chip bag? Somebody miraculously had a potato chip bag. He he attaches it to the victim's chest, tapes it on three sides to keep air from getting to it, literally saved the guy's life. The wow. video is insanity. I'll share it on my Twitter, at ESPN. I had to go uh, all sides of that. Yeah. I had three stories. None of them were particularly long enough to use in this story, but, <laughs> or, or in this segment. I wanted to tell all three. That's great. The triple weird news. Don't do Friday crimes. Afternoon. Don't call law enforcement for fake alligators mm-hmm. and appreciate your local law enforcement. That's three messages from Weird News today. Nice. NBA rumors continuing to swirl around the NBA. I'm glad you brought this up because mm-hmm. if you heard the latest one. Uh, is, it, is this about Cleveland's draft pick? No. I haven't heard that one, so I'll respond to that one, then I'll tell you mine. Okay. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers picking third in the NBA draft. There are reports now that two teams have called. They want that number three pick. There are lots of theories as to who those teams might be. I would wager there's way more than three. Because <laughs> this is a four-player draft, so I would say a lot of teams have called. Right. If you had to take a guess at who these teams were... What would you think it? Who would you think it was? Mm, Orlando, mm-hmm. <sighs> Orlando, and probably New Orleans. If I had a bet, New Orleans either wants to move up or move out. They don't want to pick at ten, so that's who I would say the two were. Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer says uh, that both of the teams calling right now are the Toronto Raptors and the Orlando Magic. It's, it's the two teams picking directly behind them. Yeah, because they want to be able to choose who it is that they wind mm-hmm. up with. Mm-hmm. Makes all the sense in the world to me. If you're the Cleveland Cavaliers, are you interested in that? Or do you want to stay there and take it depends Evan on what Mobley? I get. No, you're not going to get Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley's going one or two. 
he'll either go one to Detroit or two to Houston. Yes, I there is there a no path. Pa- that, there's a path Cade Cunningham doesn't go one. Okay. The ceiling on Cade Cunningham is not as high as you would want it to be for a number one pick. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, a lot of teams just watch what DeAndre Ayton did to be the second piece to to Devin Booker, and they think that Evan Mobley can be that and then some because he's a more athletic big guy. I won't be shocked if Mobley goes one. I think most likely he goes two to pair with Christian Wood in uh, in Houston. That's sad. Not really. It's a good start. I mean, he's still got John Wall, who's not. I don't like him as a star, but you tell me I've got yeah. Christian Wood who can play inside, outside. He's not Evan Mobley, yeah. and I got John Wall. Okay, and apparently they're going to make a deal with Indiana with the uh, Indiana Pacers. Uh, if Houston gets twelve, I think that's where they pick. Okay, Indiana gets Eric Gordon and one of those later picks they have, like twenty five. Hmm. Gets them out of some, gives them a little bit more cap space, a little more flexibility. Houston's still an alluring city, and they get to move up to twelve. Yeah. Add another young guy to to put with that young core. Yeah, well, I would think you need a you need a guard. <laughs> you got to get another guard in there because I'm not I'm not trusting John Wall. Yeah, to two, carry this team in the, the two pieces of NBA rumor I had were uh, the Golden State Warriors are going to make a move of some kind. Mm-hmm. You just mark my words; they have a trade package that is gigantic. Nobody else in the league can match it. It's James Weissman, Kelly Oubre. What does it say? Where do they pick? Six? Six. Yeah. Because Adam taking Davion Six Mitchell. Six and 14 or yeah, something, something like, like that. that. So they got two picks in the lottery. They got the number two pick from last year in James Weissman and Kelly Oubre, who will make the number work out. Mm-hmm. Don't be shy. From everything I have heard, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson want it to be Bradley Beal. And the thought of that is insane to me. It makes me want to to punt something. It doesn't I, mean because that would be very entertaining. That team would I mean, break be, every NBA record for three-pointers in a year. Well, I mean, there's no doubt about that. How do you defend that the, team? But it's the Golden State Warriors, again, like, just retreading. Man, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Golden State. Steph is fun. Mm-hmm. Steph is fun to have around. I like Steph being good. The league is better when Steph is competitive. I don't like Steph being the eight seed in the West playing the playing game against the Memphis Grizzlies that don't make any sense. Well, you've only you've only got so much time that you can make this work. Yeah, it's now until the draft. Well, no, I'm saying Steph Curry in Golden State. Oh, you've uh, only got a, you've got a very small window here. I don't think people realize how old he is. He's my he's 33. Mm-hmm. Which is. Do you expect Steph Curry to still be hanging around when he's darn near forty? I, no, I don't. He's already he's already seen as you know fragile as a crystal lamp. Well, it's not even that. It's just he has other interests. He's not a guy that I see. You know, I don't see him grinding it out until he's forty. No, it's a guy that likes to play golf. He's got business interests. He's already won what two, three titles, three titles, three titles. So I mean, yeah, he's not. This would be the one last run. Yeah, this would be the one last run. (laughs) And I've heard it's either going to be with Bradley Beal or Damian Lillard. I'm rooting for Bradley Beal in that scenario. I I would be too, but I'll be honest with you, if I'm Portland, I'd be looking around going, well, Boston has yet to make that overture of Jalen Brown. So James Wiseman, two lottery picks, and and Kelly Oubre, that might be the best we do. Mm -hmm. By the way, that team's still competitive. They're still a playoff team. Who? Portland. McCollum, Oubre, James Weissman, and the pieces that they already have, that's still a playoff team. Okay. It's not going to be markedly worse than what you are right now. 
I mean, without Dame Lillard, that absolutely. Well, you hurts. have no shot to to get out of the first round. That part changes. <laughs> okay, but, thank you. But you're still a you could six, still seven, make, eight seed in the West. Yeah, you could still make the playoffs, especially now with the expanded playoffs. Yeah, everybody makes the playoffs now. The story I thought you were going to say. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Now there's apparently there Hoop Central put this out that Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan apparently individually want to wind up with the L.A. Lakers. DeRozan's willing to take less money to wind up in LA. Now the question is, how how good do you think that would make the Lakers next year if they can make that work? Or is this another Carl Malone, Steve Nash, Gary Payton? Kyle Lowry's a good enough shooter that I think it would make up for the fact that DeRozan is not. Mm-hmm. You've also got the path of, I don't think Kyle Kuzma and Dennis Schroeder can play together again. I think you have to separate the two of them. Oh, yeah. That's been well reported now that they had friction throughout the yeah, season. Yeah, they didn't like each other at all. So I, I I wouldn't want to lather up and do that again. How good do I think that team could be? You're going to have a massive deficiency shooting the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, by the way, also has an interest in joining the Lakers. How they would do all of these things, I don't know. <laughs> uh, is it is it possible to to do the cap magic like Tampa gets to do in the NFL and all the? Oh, it'd be sign and trade with Demar with uh, San Antonio for Demar Derozan. You'd have to give up something. I don't know what they would get back, but they would have to sign and trade Derozan for KCP. Kyle Lowry could be. I don't think he's going to get enough. It depends on how much it, uh, how much of a discount he's willing to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could do some kind of deal with that. And then Dinwiddie would probably be, you'd probably have to do something with Dennis Schroeder. It would be a sign and trade yep. where you, you sign Schroeder, send him to Brooklyn, and Brooklyn would have to attach another contract. I just don't know who it would be. Yeah. Is it doable? Yes. All three of them could end up on the Lakers roster. <laughs> There's not going to be a whole lot left. I just wonder if you can if you can sign Dennis Schroeder for a number that another team would be in on. Oh, there'll be a lot of teams been, in on it. I just don't think it'll be Brooklyn. Because he's been holding out for, what was it, $120 million is what he wanted? It's a lot. It's entirely more than he's worth. Yeah. But in terms of what you asked me, is there a way that all three of these guys end up on the Lakers? Mm-hmm. Yes. Nice. It takes some, uh, what I like to call, cap calisthenics. But yes, it is doable. Well, if anything, you're in the same, you know, you're in the same place as the Golden State Warriors are. Whatever it takes to put a team out there that you think can win a title now, you have to do it. Because LeBron ain't getting no younger. And if you can't put pieces around him like we saw this year, it's not going to look good. You're not going to be able to beat these young guns in the Western Conference with just LeBron and AD and a bunch of dudes. This year was evident of that. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. We're going to be rocking out just a little while down at Silverado's in Black Mountain. The Summerland Tour is in town for the 2021 Outdoor Concert Series. You can get your tickets now online or you can get them at the door. Silverado'sWNC.com is the website. You don't want to miss out on... uh, on what has just been a uh, it's been a it's a fantastic setup that they have there. That's the t- greatest stage I think I've ever seen. Last Friday night, I took my dad to the to his first show, 
at the new outdoor stage at Silverado's, and he was as blown away as I was from the first time that I saw it. It's just a, it's a fantastic atmosphere out there because you're surrounded in the valley by the mountains on every side of you. As the show's going on, the sun starts going down at 8.30, and the sunsets are absolutely beautiful. And of course, you've got all of the, uh, you got the food trucks out there. You got the, the, the beer's going to be flowing. And, uh, and, and they also bring around jello shots during the show. And I like, I, I, I like that a lot. That was news to me. So I, <laughs> at least they did last Friday and, uh, got a feeling there's going to be a lot of people there tonight who are going to be looking to have a good time. Like it's, uh, you know, like it's, 2005 again yeah i had to make other arrangements uh you know i'm the guy that says don't do crimes so i can't do crimes i I, I made other arrangements (laughs) good for you i will be brought in and taken out by someone else (laughs) this morning driving a vehicle right this morning we had the opening ceremonies of the uh of, of the summer olympics it's finally here there is no there's no backtracking now there's no longer this uh oh will the games happen will they not happen the opening ceremony has already happened team competitions have already begun even before the opening ceremony took place yeah rowan and archery yeah well i mean you gotta be you know you gotta be selective about the olympic events that you take in at least that's my theory anyway but like i've long said i'm a sucker for track and field i'm a sucker for the swimming the diving even, and the gymnastics. I can't wait to see what, uh, uh I, can, I can't see, I can't wait to see, uh, what the U.S. is able to do in I, the Olympics. I have American pride and I will pull for us at every stage. I, I have a weekend full of interviews in other markets, uh, the concert tonight. Yeah. So basically anything I do tomorrow between, I think the first one's at 930. That was an error in judgment. I, I don't know who scheduled that, but that that's not a good idea. The first what? The, my, I have a, a media hit at nine thirty in the morning. Oh yeah, that, well that wasn't me. Yeah, I, I didn't say it was you. I said <laughs> I don't know. Who, I, I didn't want to say I'm the idiot that said yeah, let's do that. Let's get up at nine thirty in the morning on a Saturday. Right. Woohoo! <laughs> That'll be that'll be fantastic work, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, good for you though. Uh, of course, talking football, the the thing you do, fantasy. The yeah, most. It's, it's a fantasy football weekend for me. Next week in the sportsocracy, we got mock draft mania. Mm-hmm. Every kind of mock draft you could possibly want for fantasy football. Yep. Find us on YouTube at the sportsocracy. We'll be giving away tickets next week to the uh, to to the shows at Silverado. We've got Caleb Johnson next week as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just got all the things happening. It's great. Have Chief da- Police Chief David Zack in here with us next week to announce a new campaign that we're running on this show that we are super excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of that, I'm glad, you know, since we had a few minutes here where we were just, we decided to tease all of the promotional things at one time. Of course. Uh, if anybody knows of a restaurant owner uh, that, that they just have fire food and you don't think they get enough publicity, uh, feel free to message that to us at the Sportsocracy, at the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on Facebook. Uh, we have an upcoming promotion that we want to feature local restaurants with. We've wanted to do this for a long time. It's just between restrictions and there being, you know, the two of us. Uh-huh. We had some limitations, but now we have the things in place to do that, and we would love to do so. Exactly. Uh, all of this a route to get, uh, obviously, more people to those businesses, but also to serve the purpose of letting us sample the finest fare in Asheville. I, I like food. I will jump on that grenade if that's what needs to happen. 
Shocker, that was what he asked if that was his role in this because he doesn't even fully know what it is. I explained it <laughs> basically. He said, do I get to eat it? Yes, you get to eat it. Uh, and have a great weekend, everybody. We will see you back here on Monday, ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400.